Hey there, hockey fans. Welcome to 97 Octane Hockey, featuring our dynamic trio of hosts, Kirk Morris, Bob Schmidt, and Mike Dursa. The boys are cranking up the heat on Oilers Talk, bringing you the hot takes from power plays to hat tricks, with special guests and insider insights. It's hockey talk that takes the game to a whole new level. Get ready for a wild ride through the highs and lows of Oilers hockey. Buckle up, Oilers faithful. This is 97 Octane Hockey. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to episode 41. Uh, tonight, we're joined by Michael Hebert from Oilers Live and Ryan Lotzberg, senior writer for the Heavy Hockey Network. And we're going to break down today's uh, 6-3 matinee monsters in the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, wasn't looking good heading into the third, but they kind of erased a one-goal deficit and scored four goals unanswered. Um, welcome, Lotzi. Welcome, Michael. Welcome, Mr. Bob and Mr. Morris. Good evening. Good evening. Thank you, Mike. Good evening. It's like that. It's like a hockey, heavy hockey hall of fame right here. <laughs> <laughs> really? Because just this. before we went on air, you called it a wall of shame. So that's that wow. Hey. hey, it is what it is. Yeah, she wasn't a pretty one today uh, to, to for starters. That's for sure. I thought the... Initial start to the first didn't look too bad, but then things kind of, you know, went a little sideways. And that, uh, and again for the second straight game or that second period was just like, yeah, that's that's the other team's period at this point. I don't know what's going on uh, for our boys in that second period, but uh, in all honesty, though, if we keep coming out the third period like we've been doing, then for sure let's just have a shitty second period. Then, if that seems to be our game plan, that's working. I mean, it doesn't not really a recipe for success, but. My goodness, these last two third periods have been phenomenal. That's not how you start. It's how you finish, right? <laughs> I guess so. I, You know, you go back to that game uh, where the Oilers were tied 1-1 uh, going into the third, right? Um, a couple of games ago. And, uh, and, you, and you just, like, that's got to be the way that, you know, a team plays. You're not going to play three great periods of hockey every every night right like it's you know the 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 bat your worst period has to be outplayed by your best two right <laughs> and uh that's what the oilers did tonight i thought they were the better team in the first they got trampled in the second but they stayed in the game and and uh did the trampling in the third i think it's you know that's recipe for success that's how you you win hockey games and just, um, you know, two out of three you need and, and you need to be, you know, better than your worst period. That's it. So I think the Oilers did great tonight. Um, I watched a bit of the Bruins today and uh, 
kind of did a scouting report for Chris Knobloch because he needs it from me. <laughs> they they, uh, they seem to sit back in a bit of a trap there and uh, wait for you to make a mistake before they try to pounce on it. Uh, I think against Dallas today, went into a shootout in the ninth round uh, before they, I think, uh, pulled off a win. But, uh, you know, that's next up. And, and um, we're going to have to bring our A game. I mean, uh, Dallas is a pretty good team. We, we found a way to beat Dallas. Uh, the other day but you know it's going to be another hard-fought game um coming up well surprisingly enough uh i watched a couple of bruins games there a lot well bits of pit, bits and pieces of bruins games there the last little while and it's a, shockingly enough it's goaltending like they and just team structure as a whole like it's just they it's kind of like mirror image of the Oilers there at times here right now as well. After their 16, 16, 16 game heater, it's just like they've they've allowed themselves to dissolve in certain plays and just hung out the goalies to dry. But a lot of them, a lot of a lot of the goals against, they're like just uncharacteristic for them. I noticed, but well, hopefully for us, they're that. that trend kind of t- continues or they, they the the Bruins have been floundering here and there which has been uncharacteristic here for the last year and plus right just 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 really under orthodox and and really yeah like I said just uncharacteristic not playing Jim Montgomery hockey you want to add to that Bobby well I watched that game as well uh, today, and uh, you know these are two of the top ten teams in the league, I think. And uh, yeah, you're right, uh, Kurt. I did find they were sitting back a little bit. Uh, the only time I really saw them really push forward was actually in that third to tie it up, and then you know Dallas actually took over in the overtime. So Boston's kind of uh, lucky they it went to a shootout. Um, you know, same as you can't really play a 60 minute uh, game, you know, all 60 minutes stellar. You can't play an 82 game. Uh, season all 82 games stellar and I think the Bruins are kind of in that in that funk right now where they're playing seesaw hockey I still think they're a very formidable foe and, and for me this still you know my preseason prediction was an Oilers Bruins Stanley Cup final and I, I and I think that's still a possibility uh, I think there's less pressure on the Bruins this year there's less eyes on them so uh, you know losing Krejci and Bergeron is uh, was huge but the influence they left behind uh, Bergeron's Leadership presence is still there through Marshawn because those two were best buds. Marshawn learned all his leadership through Bergeron. So that kind of leadership is still, you know, similar. Guys have taken steps up in their game overall, like Coyle, DeBrusque, uh, these guys that got some, got some young, uh, you know, McAvoy. They got some, you know, their goaltending tandem, I think, as, as a rule, still the best tandem in the league. Uh, but they're, they're doing the same thing as the Bruins are right now. They're kind of playing a bit seesaw. Swayman came up some huge saves today as well, but then they had a couple of goals that were kind of like, he probably wants that one back. Uh, I'm excited for this next game because, like I said, for me, it's it's my Stanley Cup preview. I, I mean, what they look like tonight? I mean, they, uh, you know, I know they've they've coming off a stretch where they're not doing really well, um, but like, you know, look at the Oilers had a stretch where they didn't do very well either, right? I mean, this is. You're going to have little bits and stretches. It's, it's kind of, 
you know, to my in-game analogy, you can take that same thing to, you know, to a season. You, you know, two-thirds of the season, you got to be better than the other third, right? <laughs> and, you know, I mean, for the Bruins, you could have, you know, either, what, four, four, and two in their last ten. I mean, if you had, you know, a, a little stretch where you're not that great, um, I, I, I think maybe – you know, coming from when you look at their season from last year, uh, it's it's just unbelievable to think four four and two is even possible for this team. But um, the, you know, there there were points in the Oilers season where four four and two would have been considered an upgrade, right? <laughs> yeah, not not now, thankfully, but that's you know. That's the nature. I mean, I, I watched them in Vegas when I was there. They, you know, they looked solid. They uh, they lost that game in overtime, but they looked solid. Um, you know, they didn't look like the same team from last year, but they're just such a good team. And you're right. Like Swayman is Swayman, Swayman. Like he's <laughs> he's pretty awesome in that. Um, you know, there's no doubt there. It'd be nice to have that kind of goaltending to back you up. And you got got gamers like Marchand is a real gamer. Pasternak, like this is a team that, um, you know, is full of guys that could easily be considered sort of Hall of Fame candidates down the road, right? Like they're just such a solidly put together team. Uh, I don't know. what I, I didn't watch the game tonight, so I guess, you know. They look like old Bruins or new Bruins. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think everybody's kind of waiting and seeing the see them fall apart again, just just like what happened to them in the playoffs there last year. But uh, their depth, man, like even their prospect pool for what they have done to acquire people, it's still strong. Like they they brought up a, a kid there, Brazil. They actually signed him to a, a HL contract there. I think yesterday. Yeah. And he got his first NHL goal here today. So, yeah, and in the reviews were like, you know, the kid looks strong. You know, he, he brought the play up overall for the team. And that'd probably be one one person I would, would look for there in that uh, the game there on Wednesday for sure. Um, Lotsy, I'll get you to control your mic when you want to talk on and off because uh, I guess it is looping back through you. I've muted you right now, but when you wanted to talk, just uh, hit um, – Maybe mute your mic now, and then when you want to go, just uh, unmute yourself so you can talk. I don't know why it's doing that, but that's definitely going on. <laughs> I'd say my best stuff on mute, Lotsy. So, <laughs> oh man. Uh, so I got to ask you guys. You know, did you have a converted touchdown and a field goal? being given up by the Vancouver Canucks day uh, today on your bingo cards. <laughs> you can go with that Kirk and then Bob and then Ryan and then Mike. <laughs> well, I, I, I left my house and I went down to my dad's cabin here this afternoon and, and he was like, I don't know, it was about 10 minutes into the, into the Oilers game. He's like, yeah, you want to check the the scores there on, on Vancouver and my <laughs> phone. It's like eight, five. I'm like, what the heck is going on? And it's eight, five for the wild. It's, Cause that was a, I actually watched the second period of that game and it was just, it was wacky, man. Just the amount of penalties, like both teams, I would say both teams were playing, but just if you, if you brushed, if you're a Vancouver guy and you brushed against one of the wild <laughs> players, it was a penalty. Like it was just, it was crazy, man. And then 
the breakdown there in the third, from what I saw there in the highlights, I was just like, holy smokes. Like, I, I bet you it was, was peeling the paint off game there somewhere. It could have been in the dressing room or it could have been in his office. Who knows? Because that, that, that was one that got away from them pretty quickly. <laughs> I, uh, I don't have much. I like. I haven't seen any highlights after that game. I've only seen the score, and and it's blown me away. Uh, I think if anything, though, it's it's exciting because you know the Canucks are a powerhouse. But it's again shows you the, you know, you know, the diversity of our game kind of thing. Where a Minnesota who's you know sitting near the basement, any team can beat any team on any given night, and <laughs> to put up ten goals. Who was starting for Vancouver? Was it Dan Smith? It was the Smith. Oh, uh, was it Smith? Yep. Yeah. But uh, yeah, just overall though, that's a whew, that's a that's a head turner. I know a team that can get rid of a one B. I'm just <laughs> putting it out there. I don't know. I don't know if they can afford it, but yeah. it's sitting on our farm yeah. team right now. <laughs> Lotsy, did you see it? This is the most no, quiet I've ever heard you. So. <laughs> No, I, I didn't. I saw. I'm like Bob. I saw the score. I, I didn't see any of that game today. But it, it, sure, it's funny. It's hilarious. But like the Canucks are still going to be a good team. They still yeah. are a good team. Yeah. Like what Rick Tockett has done with that roster has been unbelievable. Like even a couple of years, like even the Canadian division, I had the Canucks as a playoff team, but it didn't come out that way. It's like, I feel this is a team that's been bubbling with some potential for a long time now. They just needed a couple pieces and some new coaching, I guess. That was pretty much it. But uh, yeah, I mean, that 10-7 game, it's an anomaly. It's a fun thing to talk about. It's funny that it happened, but it, the Canucks are still a strong team. Well, it's funny that it happened. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I look at uh, Tampa though; they got yeah. absolutely bombed by Florida. I mean, it happens to teams. What you got to yeah. be a little bit concerned about, though, is if you're if you're the Canucks, is that uh, you know, the Smiths' numbers aren't great. Like, you know, uh, this game throws them below nine hundred, but his last like was looking at it like his last few games i mean he's been below 900 each game right like he you know so if you're if you're the canucks i mean you got yourself a backup problem right now and and also you know how much does that speak to when the oilers were on a roll their backup won five straight right you know so Clearly, like a team that is uh, has got everything together uh, defensively, can lift up a backup to be beyond you know nine hundred at the very least. Um, you know, I, I'm like it makes me question, and I I haven't seen enough Vancouver games, but how much of the Canucks season is based on what's been a the extremely stellar performance of Thatcher Demko, who's been absolutely outstanding in the games that I have watched he he yep. looks outstanding and and we've talked about this like uh you know ad nauseum like <laughs> about <laughs> our goalies right like you know if your goalie looks outstanding some of that might have to do with the fact that your defense is not that outstanding right because you know Skinner's numbers grew when he looked like he was just 
you know, getting out there and playing games because the defense was doing all the right things. And then Skinner could, you know, benefit from that. Um, I just, I, it makes me question how much of the um, Canucks record is, uh, is Thatcher Demko. I mean, I've, Look, that's not the worst problem to have. Right? <laughs> like, I mean, I'm no, not about no. that for the Oilers for a long time. Is that we have a goalie who we can blame for a couple of wins, right? But um, I'm well. I will say this: that uh, yeah, you're right, uh, Mike, about the the Smith right now. His last three games have been under uh, 800, but before then, he's actually had a good season. Like, he has good numbers, he has good analytics, and he's and he's had some wins against some strong teams too. Like. Uh, why he, he, one of the games was against Edmonton. He beat, uh, you, you know, uh, I guess his overtime loss against the Rangers, where he where he faced, you know, over to, uh, 25 shots. But uh, like his overall dynamics is is, is there. Uh, this might be a more reflection of just him having a bit of a mini slump. Uh, but I do think it is the same situation as we have in Edmonton because uh, Demko is one of the premier goalies in the league. Uh, I think Skinner right now is definitely a top 15 with a potential top 10 goalie in the league. And both our backups are our uh, career backup goalies uh, who've never really had a long-standing stint as a number one, you know, up in the majors. So, are we both comfortable if our starters go down? That is the crazy part. Like uh, depth, depth in your your goaltending, you ha- you almost need a, a good number three just in case to fall back on and. That's what's kind of saddening about our situation because Calvin Picker could step in as number three, like pronto, and he'll he'll play his he'll play his his behind off there, like he has here in the past, like the past while. But uh, is it <laughs> the 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 age old question here for us Edmonton Oilers fans is? Is Ken Holland gonna move Jack Campbell, or if if he's if he's gonna get a one B, like I I don't know I just that Bakersfield's kind of fallen off the map here the last couple of games you know like just just bad play overall no nope. yeah somebody in elementary school has an answer <laughs> yeah go ahead there lots go ahead and turn my mic in. on raise my hand sorry to interrupt you Kirk. <laughs> But I, I don't know if you caught uh, the 32 Thoughts podcast that dropped earlier today, but Friedman was basically saying that Holland is not looking at goaltending. <laughs> as much as I was talking about the importance of moving Campbell in this season to remove some of his cap space, not just to be able to add at the deadline, but to reduce some of the impact of Connor Brown's potential or performance bonus for next year, right? But I don't see it happening. So I think we're going to be dollar in, dollar out at the deadline. And I don't think that goaltending is the priority because, I mean, yeah, it's, if Skinner goes down, we're going to be in a world of hurt. But I think you could say that about any team and their starting goaltender. Um, but there's no salary cap in the playoffs. True. Right? So it's not as if we're going in with Skinner and Pickard alone. It's Campbell is still very much in the picture for the playoffs. And I think that's where he's shown the best, like so far with the, for us. Like last year, look what he did. Like, you know, Casey, my mighty Casey steps up the bat and smacks a home run there against the Kings. Could he do it again? Is the question, you know? And I, I think he's he's kind of rebuilt that confidence there for the most part. There, 
at least from what I've read from from Kerlock and whatnot. But uh, yeah, yeah, he's been quite good for a while now. Yeah, but I mean, the obvious thing that we can always go back to is what Vegas did last year, right? <laughs> but Logan Thomas was hurt, or Logan Thompson was hurt. Yep. We had Laurent Boisois go down mid playoffs. You had Jonathan Quick on the bench, but not playing. And then Aiden Hill came in and won him a Stanley Cup. So I'm not saying that's the expectation. That's not going to be the way it goes for every team every season, but it's not out of the realm of possibility. Like it, there's not 30 Andre Vasilevskis in the league, and you don't. Tampa doesn't win the cup every year, right? So like, it, as much as it's a luxury to have that extreme top end number one goaltender, the workhorse, the guy you look at and say, "Yep, I trust you to win any possible game." Not every team has that, and teams can win without it. And there's some teams that have that and don't go anywhere with it. Look at the Jets. Connor Hellebuck's Hellebuck's never won a cup. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Hellebuck's been a top three goalie now for, what, five years or so? And that whole organization, like even the original, well, that was, uh, yeah, the original Winnipeg Jets. I guess they're the Arizona Coyotes now, but like they've just had no, the Jets' name has, has had no success attached to it for the most part. Well, and just just hopping on you there, Bob, there for a second. Sorry, Mike, for cutting you off. But uh, speaking of the Jets, speaking of the devil, like you look at that performance there versus the Canucks, and they just, they they literally were like, uh, you know, just, they they just peppered them and hung, basically hung Demko, uh, Thatcher Demko to dry in that third period, like they just two quick blows, bang, bang. And then they just, they locked them down like defensively. That's, that's, it would be, a, it would be an awesome matchup to see Vancouver and Winnipeg, you know, face off in the playoffs if it's going to happen or not. But uh, boy, oh boy, that was, that was something else just to watch Winnipeg pepper the crap out of them. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, there's a couple things that I always think about. One is, you know, goaltending definitely wins championships in this league. Uh, but, you know, I remember a, f- a few years back, the year before we got uh, Mike Smith, he was easily the best goaltender goal, goal in the first round, but the Flames lost out in, in four straight. Like, he was absolutely outstanding. And the Flames couldn't back him up enough to, to even get one game. Right. And so, you know, goaltending being what it is, it's, it's great, but you still have to have a, a whole other team around it. Um, I like, are we discounting though, what Pickard Pickard's done for the Oilers? Like, I think he's been solid. I mean, I don't, I wouldn't even like, he's been a solid one B like, I, I don't know. I mean, not one B maybe, but, but he's been a solid uh, backup for the Oilers this year. And if, and if, the Oilers go into the playoffs and something, you know, knock on wood, something happened to Skinner. You've got, yeah, to Ryan's point, you've got Campbell and then you've got Pickard in the back, right? Like, I think, you know, that would be a uh, a one-two that a lot of teams are going to go into the playoffs with if Campbell can get back to form, right? And I think, you know, if he's – they might have already talked to him and said, look, like – for cap reasons and everything else, we're not bringing you up till, <laughs> till the end of the season. Right. Like you might, you might be sitting there getting, getting reps until playoffs start. Uh, and then we're going to bring you in. I, I can't see the Oilers keeping them in the AHL and, and going into the playoffs with uh, Pickard uh, as the backup. I think, 
we'll see Campbell as the backup for sure. But I'm not. I, I'm actually not the least bit surprised that the Oilers aren't actively looking for goaltending. I mean, it's just that's where's where's it going to come from for one? Who are you going to trade in order to do it? Yeah. Uh, and like nobody. I mean, as much as all of us would love to believe it's going to happen, but nobody's going to take that Campbell contract. Uh, not until they see him play in the NHL. So uh, you might as well might as well take him into the playoffs with you. And and to Ryan's point, he's been good in the playoffs, I think, right? Like, you know. He had a couple appearances last year, but he was good. Yeah. And I think that Dallas game was big for Pickard. Like, he's been kind of giving the easy games throughout yeah. most of his time up with Edmonton so far. As uh, Bruce McCurdy kind of mentioned on my Twitter after after the game on Saturday, uh, he, Pickard did play against Florida a couple of times, and that's a very strong opponent. But Dallas is probably equally as good, and they were hotter coming in. So, like, I think Dallas is the highest quality start that Pickard has had so far this year. And, yeah, he wasn't perfect. But he won. He got the job done. Kept us in it when he needed to, when we needed him to keep us in it. And eventually, he outlasted Ottinger. So I think it just shows that we are undervaluing what Pickard can bring to the table, and he can step up against a high quality opponent. And we're going to need him to down the stretch because, like, the Oilers' schedule is getting quite condensed over the last sixty-five or whatever it is days that are left. They're playing almost a game every other day whereas the games are a lot more spread out in the early part of the season. So they could ride Skinner, and they needed to to get back in the race. But now they're back in the race. They have the playoffs to think about, and they got to be able to play Pickard a bit more. That, that leads. And, and they will, but then factor this in. He's a 31-year-old goaltender in his ninth year in the league, and he has zero NHL playoff game experience. He's about to get some. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get thrown into the fire. <laughs> You know, Lotsy brings up a good uh, question too. Is uh, what what do you do this week with three games? Uh, you know, coming up, you got Boston, Minnesota, and then Calgary on Saturday. Um, I, to me, I don't know if I would give Pickard the Bruins game, but maybe that is the one. It, maybe it's a bit of a throwaway game because you're against an Eastern Conference team, and it's not a four point game. So, um, to me, I would play him uh, against the Wild. But uh, what do you guys think? The Wild had a hell of a game tonight. Yes, they did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I actually would not be the least bit surprised if we see Pickard in that against Calgary. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. I was going to pick the Flames one. Yeah. D- just just a random question to all, all the rest of you fellas there. Do you do you worry about running Skinner into the ground? Because it just did, you get that feeling once again that he might be just need that little bit extra rest. I, I know I preached about it here on the last shows about load management and whatnot, but especially with uh, Bearsy and, and, and Lotsy there, like what are your, what are your main concerns about Skinner going down the stretch? These guys to me, I mean, uh, I'll let Lotsy go off mute <laughs> when I'm done but 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 to me I look at this and you know I mean there's we've got a condensed schedule but there's not a lot of back-to-backs in here again right like the Oilers have had a pretty pretty good schedule in terms of like a game in between uh these guys are athletes Skinner's pretty young 
you know, I'm not overly worried about it. I mean, we saw Grant Fear play what 72 games uh, for the Blues when, and when I'd say he wasn't even in the best shape of his life. Like, you know, now it's a different league, granted, but um, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not terribly worried about it if if they continue to do what they're doing now, which is Pickard gets, you know, they picks up some of the slack. Like him going in and and getting the win against Dallas, it's huge, right? Like yep. for me to you know that's that's the what the players want the confidence to know they can go out there play in front of a backup and still get the win, right? Like he just needs to keep them in. He doesn't need to get a shutout against the Stars. He just needs to keep them in the game, you know. Um, and you know I brought up Grant Fear. Like you you got to have a Grant Fear like game. You just got to keep them keep them in the game and the Oilers. Uh, and Subban seemingly right right now, or <laughs> one man team like Connor McDavid, like it just seems to be willing his way, uh, you know, onto the score sheet night after night after night. Um, so you know, you assume that Connor's gonna get you three, and then you hope the rest of the team gets you a couple more, uh, lately. And, um, and the, you know, I don't think you need uh, exceptional from. Pickard, you just need good, uh, and I think that that'll give Skinner just the right amount of break that he needs. And if we do see uh, Campbell come up, then they'll throw him in for at least a couple more, right, um, to give him the break. That's my thought. I'm I'm, I'm just not worried about it. I, I, I was before, but Pickard's been good enough that I think they'll throw him in. Like if you look into March, we've got. Columbus, Seattle, Buffalo, Anaheim, Montreal, Ottawa. Like, there's a lot of games you can throw them in, right? Well, let's see. What do you figure? <clears throat> yeah, so, I mean, I'm a little bit more worried about that than what Michael is <laughs> for two reasons. One is that, yeah, Skinner is a young kid, professional athlete, but – they're, like professional athletes take time. Like if you, you know their performance, there's a curve, right? The same thing with their physical abilities, right? It takes time to gain that strength to be able to put up with the grind of an 82 game NHL season and then playoffs, especially to be as a goaltender to be a workhorse that's starting 50 plus games and then doing playoffs as well. It takes time to build up that strength and that endurance. And I don't, I, I haven't seen evidence that Skinner has been able to do that yet. He kind of burnt out at the playoffs last year after getting rode hard down the stretch. And yeah, it took him a little bit of time to get into it this season too. So that that's my worry is that we do burn him out a little bit. So that, like I, I, I don't need Pickard to start every other game, but you'd want to see him start more than two or three out of 10 kind of deal, right? Like you want to see him go on a run where he maybe starts six or where uh, Skinner only starts six to 10, maybe Pickard gets a few more starts than he might have gotten earlier in the season when the schedule was a little bit more spread out. The other reason I worry is not so much about this season. I look back to the 2017-2018 season when it's the season after we rode Cam Talbot real hard. <laughs> that, what do you play, 70-some-odd games that season? And 72, yeah, there were, yeah. There were other factors, too. Like I, be, I believe 17-18 was the year that he had his twins, so I don't think he was getting a lot of sleep at home. 
that year, and it was a contract year. He had Miko Koskinen coming in. The team was just struggling as a whole itself, and Talbot also struggled himself. So I don't know if it was being worked as hard as he was the year before that made him struggle the year after, but that's not a risk I want to take again. So, I mean, that that's my worry with riding Skinner as hard as we have <laughs> Yeah, I got to factor in, though, too, Lotsi, that, like, down the stretch, if we're guaranteed a playoff spot, like, you know, you can give Skinner all the rest he needs, right? Until that point, you're, uh, you got to ride your the hot hand, right? Like, if we can get to the last three, four, or five games where we don't need to play Skinner every game, then, hey, that's great. We can, we can give him a rest going into the playoffs. What's what? Sure, there's a little bit of uh, he played so far. And I wish I had the numbers in front of me. I don't, but there, that's a gamble in itself as well. Cause you give, you give the guy the week off before getting into the playoffs. So like you get it, give a guy a chance to mentally recharge, but it's like going for the all-star break, right? Yeah. You, your body needs the rest. Your mind needs the rest, but do you come back as sharp? Right, you get taken out of the rhythm right before you go into the playoffs, and then the spotlight turns bright and things don't go well. Right, what happens then? Right, so like my point would be Pickard has shown you that he can play against any opponent now. Like the Stars are an elite team that's a hot team right now, number one scoring team in the league. And Pickard just showed he can beat them. It's like, why why can't you play Pickard yeah, more no, often? I, down and the I agree with that. He's on pace for 57 games, by the way. Skinner. Yeah. Which is an elite level workload. Like that it's not Talbot in 16-17, but like that's an elite, that's a high level workload. It's like if even if we can get that down to low 50s, right? Just a few more starts for Pickard sprinkled in there, I think would be tremendously helpful. Bob, you're the goalie here. I mean, I've I've been waiting. I've been waiting for mine to get off mute. So. <laughs> uh, I'm actually, I'm actually uh, leaning towards your side there, Bear. Um, I think uh, I'm not too worried about uh, load management. Uh, I'm not too worried about uh, you know the physical um, exhaustion of it. I think if any exhaustion comes into play, it's the mental exhaustion more than anything. Physically, uh, yeah, these guys are in the best shape of their lives, and not only that, but it's not realistic, but you want to play every game. Like it is, it is almost painful to sit on the bench. I mean, you you always make the comment of yeah, it's nice to get a day off kind of thing, watch my buddy go out there and play. But seriously, like sitting on the bench is one of the most painful things to do. Like as an athlete, and and your happy place is in the crease. It absolutely sucks to sit on the bench. You do your part, and and you try to take. Uh, there's certain things that bring you joy to be on the bench, hanging out with the guys on, on the, you know, on the teammates that you don't get to talk to during the game, you know, trash talking. I did all my trash talking from the bench because I didn't have to back it up at all, right? So you, the game was in the game that way, but there's nothing else you want more than to be in the crease. I do think, I think you're right, Lottie, the picker has, has shown that he can play more. And for me, playing more is play him one every four games. Give him 25% of, of, of the starts from here on in. He's showing he can do that, and that's not a big thing to ask. I'm I'm okay with Skinner playing 60 games. I think he can manage that. Uh, you have that rhythm. You have that confidence. Uh, you're talking about how uh, Skinner might have shown some fatigue last in the playoffs last season. I don't think it was physical fatigue. I think it was mental fatigue. He was getting pulled 
and and he was getting rattled. Uh, you know, it's also his first time in the playoffs. There's a lot of pressure on that. And I just don't think his mental capacity could could process everything at that moment. I, I'm fine with riding him while, now, while we can. He's hot. And uh, get him that – I think he'll be fine. I think people read into that physical exhaustion thing. You always see uh, guys uh, on Twitter or even commentating going, oh, he like he looks tired out there. Wow, he looks tired. doesn't mean he is tired. <laughs> you can also look shaky and not be tired. You're just off that game. And physical fatigue has nothing to do with it. Uh, just touch on this comment from Dennis McKay. Skinner has lost his touch but will re- regain it. This is Skinner's first year being a full-time starter in the NHL. Campbell and Skinner shared the, the load last year. I, I don't think Skinner has lost his groove. I, I thought, you know, the third goal today was not a great goal, beating him across his body, but I, I think he's played pretty good hockey for a long time here. Um, you know, you're going to give up a few goals that you'd you'd like back. I think that's just kind of the nature of the beast, but I, I think he's still in a groove. I think he's struggled since the All-Star break. <laughs> yep. I, I mean, he's still been decent, but I think he's dropped down a level ever since the All-Star break. Yeah, what, and I, what, I'd also say our defense too, though, is <laughs> dropped down. Oh, yeah. So it's, it's oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everybody has, but yeah. Well, the MO on Skinner, like beating him, is high glove side. It just, like, when he goes down early in that butterfly position, like, I don't know, Bob, like, what do you think? Like, I, I found that he got, he, he went down too early there today. Maybe it's just a mechanical thing or a timing thing, you know, anticipating too quick going down to the butterfly, but. It just seems like when Skinner has an off game, like the first half of the game today, it just like he he, he anticipates too quickly and he goes down and then guys just roof it on him. Uh, that's not necessarily anticipation. That's just uh, a confidence thing at that point. I think there's two. It's not just high glove side. I think it's high in general. Uh, when he stays back in his crease, as, as he's prone to do sometimes, like Bukestad just abused that day. Yeah. Like the first one, high glove side, the second one, high stick side. I couldn't help but wonder if maybe he picked something up just by practicing against them even last yep. season for a bit. Oh, yeah. um, and seeing it, you know, Schwartz, he worked with these guys. Like, oh, he hasn't played back, I guess. I do think Skinner was doing that a lot more beginning of the season, which contributed to his struggle as well as the team struggling in front of him too. Uh, for the most part, he's been playing at the top of his crease a lot more and his uh, side-to-side movement has been better. For the most part. Now, I also agree with you, Lotsi. I think he's been struggling a little bit here since the, I wouldn't say since the All-Star break, but definitely the last four games that he started have been his ideal gains. But he still finds a way to come with a big save when we needed to as well. Like today, for example, uh, after Bukestad scored that high one off a fairly bad angle and he was deep in the creek, Moser gets that chance from the slot and and uh, Skinner's telescopes up to the top of the crease to make that save. And that's a huge save at a crucial part of the game. I think uh, from the beginning of the season till now, the one thing I've noticed in Skinner is positionally he is so much better than he was at the beginning of the year. Um, and that just makes him a better goalie all around. Like, I think, I think he – I think during our stretch – uh, he benefited from having, you know, great defense as well. Like everybody was working together. And I'd, I'd say, you know, some of these challenges, like the going high on him, they never went away. It's just that those kind of chances, you know, weren't coming as often. And positionally, Skinner is so good that if he's got 
like, I mean, I wouldn't, I don't know where he fits in sort of the scheme of every goalie in the league, but he's good positionally. And so when you have good defense and a good positional goalie, the two of those things make you an excellent defensive team. Right. Um, and he doesn't, he doesn't need to be, you know, the guy with the absolute like knockout glove hand. Right. Or, you know, or anything like that. He's just, he's just there when you need him. Right. And, um, and tonight, like the couple saves that you're talking about, Bob, like just positionally, he was just in the right spot. And, and I like that about him, right? Like you expect it to hit him in the bread basket because you know he's going to be there. But it's impossible for a goalie to get you. like a side to side, get over and get there. <laughs> it's like, that's hard. And I guarantee you, because I think for the most part, once the team changed his game and Skinner changed his game, like he was playing at the top of his crease a bit more, he still falls back. Because I think he's taught that way to play near the goal line too much, but he has been more at the top of his crease uh, during the streak and and second half of the season so far. Uh, I guarantee you that those goals that Buse has scored bothered him more than anybody else because he realized what he was doing. Because he definitely did like that Moser one. There was another one from the point or, uh, later on too where he came out the top of the crease and made sure that wasn't going to happen again. Um. I'm going to take our first three-minute break, I guess our only break that we take here, but uh, <laughs> um, and then we'll come back. Uh, I want to talk about uh, Knobloch's uh, coaching decisions that he made today and a little bit deeper look into next week, and then uh, we'll kind of wind down the show talking about the Heavy Hockey Showdown coming up uh, this weekend. We'll be back in three. Thanks for being here for the first half of our show, 97 Octane Hockey. It's your passion that fuels our game. We will be back in three minutes to refuel after the fastest commercial on ice. I'm Connor McDavid. How would you describe your game? I think uh, just speed. I think that's the main thing. My game is all about speed. Speed with the puck. I think a lot of guys have a tendency to when they get the puck slow down and, and want to look for a play and all that, but I think if you could do all, all that, all with skating, it, uh, it makes it pretty dangerous. Edmonton Oilers would like to select with their first pick from the Erie Otters, Connor McDavid. Under pressure, no more time. Can we make a move? Overthinking. You and I, what do we have to lose? Cause I'm wasting all my time Thinking of the things we could do If you gave me one more sign I could find a way to break through A way to break through
he's he's still hard to follow. I don't know. Um, Jen, Jenna said during the break, she says she loves the podcast. Uh, guys, I really appreciate you guys continuing talking about the best team in NHL history, Oilers. I listen in when I can live, but also reply to it while I go on long my long walks. Uh, checks in the mail, Jenna. <laughs> Actually appreciate it, Jenna. Um, so today, I mean, you know, it didn't look good heading into the third, but uh, the blender was out and we made a few switches and, and boom. You know, the, the game turned on a dime. Uh, how much credit goes to Chris Knobloch and how much credit goes to the guys? Uh, you know, it was like t- the tale of two periods from, from the second to the third for sure. Can I just make a quick comment there, like that last two minutes of the game there and how many shots they blocked there in their own end? Like, I, I, I thought that was – like Vinny Dernay there today, like – I think he blocked at least a half a dozen, if not more. And one went off his arm there and he was grabbing his arm like that. That's not fun to do. I no. I don't care how tough you are. If you're a keyboard warrior there in your mom's basement, and oh, I could take that. <laughs> yeah, okay. Let's see you step in front of a professional, professional shot. Like even a rush shot, man. It just stinks. It and, just, and it's different it when you're up, much. when you're up a pair, you know, yep. versus like trailing or a one goal game. I took a beer league clapper off the heel <laughs> last night and I couldn't walk all last night. So <laughs> that tells there you, you. yeah, you that's go. not, and I, and I've been, I've seen a professional uh, slap shot whiz by my face uh, playing against one guy one time. Uh, and um, it's definitely a different velocity. I'll just tell you that right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not, you know, very few people, unless if they've played a, AHL or NHL level have seen that that level of shot. Yeah. You got bruises. I remember a guy, Ryan, you're a golfer, so you appreciate this. I had a friend of mine golfed once with uh, Grant Fear back in back in the day, and he said, uh, oh, Grant was great, um, but he was changing his shirt, and I saw the bruises on him. <laughs> he said it was crazy. <laughs> he said he was completely <laughs> bruised up. Like, yeah, like I can't even imagine. Uh, yep. Like I know that they're wearing pads, but you can feel it. Still sucks. <laughs> There's a reason that goalies are as crazy as they are. That's right. <laughs> Especially back then. Smartest guys on the Especially ice. Back- Smartest guys on the ice. You guys chase the puck around all the game. We just wait for it to come to us. <laughs> <laughs> and get in the way of it. Yeah. yeah. So. Especially, it's weird because obviously I never played NHL, but uh, like even when I did play, like yeah, like your your body is just bruised all winter. Like you you get them through the leg pads. It's those leg pads look huge, but you get bruises through the leg pads. It's crazy. Especially back in the day, I mean, you're basically wearing like a National Geographic magazine. <laughs> well, those, those old- well, yeah, but with the nudie with the nudie pics taken out, obviously. That's right. <laughs> I was going to say with the, the old school pads, like back in the day, like filled with deer hair, it still stung, man. <laughs> it still stung. Like I, I remember I, I, I took a slap shot there from a guy that eventually made it to the NHL and we were like 13 years old and everybody's slap shot was mellow compared to his. And he, he wound up being <laughs> a defenseman for the Vancouver Canucks and, uh, just extra pepper. Like every time I, I was just like cringing, I'm like, okay. Here we go, and just bang. You'd just be like, oh, man, that sucks. 
Uh, so back to Nobby. What did you, what did you guys think of uh, the, the changes made and, and the way they came out in the third? Well, my first thing is uh, I I I really appreciate how Nobby uh, keeps these lines together for as long as he can to try, you know, milk whatever you can out of him in a game. And like today, we saw basically the same lines for forty minutes. Uh, you know, things were kind of struggling. He's like. Uh, you know, maybe maybe they'll find it here. Maybe they'll find it here. And then the third period is like, okay, you know what? That's that was a that was a done deal. We're getting nothing from this well. And he changes them up. I think he has a really good feel for what the players want when it comes to uh, you know kind of line juggling and and playing with whoever and just just to feel the game in that moment to make that change and just take the game over. I think obviously the players do the work, but geez, you got to give just maximum credit to Knobloch for what he does that in that regard. Do you guys really think that Ryan McLeod's his top six player? Because when he joined with uh, Drysaddle and, and Kane there today, like, holy smokes, just different. I, I think he can get away with that with Drysaddle and Kane being as physical as, as they are. I mean, he's he's not the guy that's going to be banging and cranking people in the corners, but he definitely can skate with them. And, you know, he's a heady player, so I don't have much uh, of an issue with it. Saw Lotsy reaching for the mute button. He's <laughs> <laughs> traded him. He was muting me, probably. <laughs> no, there's been a couple times where uh, Ryan McLeod to Leon Dreisaitl's line has been the adjustment we needed. I think the first time Fogle was on the other wing, and that was wonderful for several games. Mm -hmm. I think that was kind of one of the moves that started the streak, if I recall. But... Um, Today, it happened to be Evander Kane on the other part of the other side of that wing. McLeod would dry sidle, and McLeod takes the shot, Kaner tips it in, the team goes on to win the game. So, no, I don't think Ryan McLeod is a top six winger, but he certainly plays one on TV quite well <laughs> when, uh, when called upon at times, and he does it well with Leon. He's got good chemistry with Leon for... Uh, for what it's worth, but uh, it begs the question: like, if you're going to play Ryan McLeod as your top six left wing, what do you do at third line center? Like, uh, Dylan Holloway is certainly worth an experiment there, yep. but the offense hasn't come for the kid yet. I love the kid; I think he's got a lot of potential, but <laughs> the numbers aren't there yet. We need numbers out of that bottom six group, so like, I, I just don't. <laughs> I just think it's an awkward mix right now. I don't know. What do you guys think? If you trade is McLeod a top, top six player on any other team? Sorry, go ahead. What was that? Is, is McLeod a top six player on any other team? It's just kind of the order is where it doesn't work. Or, or, I just or think he's a good team. fit with Leon, but I think a lot of guys are a good fit with Leon. <laughs> yeah, elite <laughs> players bring everybody up, right? But uh, I don't know. Like, I, I think it's a good experiment once in a while. And, and like, as you said, they're lotsy, maybe ride it out for a couple of games, see if they rekindle that magic again and, and, you know, tee off another winning streak. Who knows, right? It does. Like, I, I don't think it's a long-term fix. Like, I think if Ryan McLeod's your top six left wing, then there's an issue in your top six, Yeah. right? <laughs> but uh, the reality is nothing's happening in the bottom six, which is why, like, if, if the team's not scoring, it's – something's got to change somewhere and the top six has to change along with it. And like, if the top six isn't scoring, then we know the team isn't scoring. 
right? That's kind of the way it's been going all year. Last year was a bit of a reprieve from the same old narrative, but it's very much in full force again this year. This is a good Jander, like if t- sorry. I was just going to say the, the Jander got a goal today, so good for yeah. him. Yeah, good on him. First one since November 28th. <laughs> yeah, we're giving. Right that he got one, but November 28th. Yeah, 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 I hear you. Back in volleyball season, he got a goal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, this whole su- subject is a good segue into w- what do you dole out on on Wednesday against the Bruins for for lines? I mean, do you do you uh, start what you finished with today, or or are you back to the well tomorrow at at skate if they have one? Yeah, I mean that's kind of been what the the mo has been the last few couple weeks here. <laughs> Yeah, you start the game one way, you finish it another, then you start the next game the way you finished the last one, and then you change the lines again in the third period. You, you got to <laughs> so, feel, though, okay. like Knobloch wants to get away from the dry side on McDavid thing. Like, he's, he, yeah. didn't he say something similar to that effect? Like, it's good <laughs> for a bit when you need some offense, but, like, he's... He talked about he talked about the challenges of having the two best players in the world on your roster, right? It's uh, I can't remember everything he said, but he made a lot of good points. Like, but he did. Like, you play them together on a line. You got right. Like, you know, generally speaking, like he wants to spread the spread the offense, right? Yeah. Yeah, like you can either split them up and have one of them on the ice at even strength for forty minutes a night, or you can have them together at the same time in what we call a nuclear option for 20 minutes a night. But if that's going to be the way it is, you need at least one other line that's going to produce, right? And like, there's combinations of guys that can get it done, but they need to when 97 and 29 are together and they don't always do that. Can we talk about that one power play where they looked a lot like the Harlem Globetrotters there for a little while? <laughs> uh, for about a minute and a half, and they didn't score. They hit the post, obviously, but oh my god! Oh man! Like even you, even even McDavid missing that wide open yeah. cage there. Just any bang to stick afterwards. I was like, oh man! But I think the Coyotes were had the Coyotes would have had to have been uh, dizzy after that one power play. Like there was one point where McDavid and um, then Nuge were playing pass in the corner around two guys, right? Like they're just having, it's like, oh, here it is. Nope. It's over there now, you know, like, see you later. Bouchard uh, is getting so good at walking the line, too, and, and evading people. Like, oh, man, he's he's yep. getting real fun to watch back there. Yeah, he's got that little mohawk turn pivot kind of thing, that fake pass pivot that he's got while he's walking the line. Like, yeah. it's silky. It's nice. Are you guys getting concerned about the PK? <laughs> yeah. I was concerned oh, about the PK yeah. a while ago. <laughs> that, that's That's – real like leaning into the word getting concerned (laughs) (laughs) yeah what was once the strength is now a weakness again do do you think it's just a deviation from structure once again and just people not you know paying attention overall that the one thing that really has killed me here the last couple games even going back to the dallas game the odd man rushes man like it's just been crazy like just even today, they're like, there's one guy cherry picking there from Arizona sitting on on our our blue line and just waiting for like easy pickings, and all of a sudden, bam, it's a two on one, and it's just it's been driving me nuts. And guys not not subbing and and covering for each other, like it just especially when 
you see like CC pinching in or, or or joining the rush, have one have a have one of your forwards like hanging back just in case if there is something. I just it I said that to my dad here this afternoon and it just drove me nuts. Some of CC's reads are questionable at best. I, I like the way that Kulak recovered yeah. for Deharnay today. That was incredible how how he got back yep. and shut down that play. No, I mean, you're, you're hitting the head, nail on the head there, Kirk. Like, it's something that was a problem early in the season, and we settled it down after the coaching change. Uh, but just these last three, four games, uh, those habits have been crawling back in. Like, whenever we have pinched at the offensive blue line lately, it, Puck's getting by us, and there's an odd man rush going the other way. Like, we saw Buke's dad had two goals today. One was off a bad pinch, one was off a bad change. Right, mm-hmm. so it's just discipline at the offensive blue line and in the neutral zone, and we had the long change in the second period there. But it's just little details like that in, in the neutral zone that are killing us right now. I'll say one highlight though is typically when we've had stretches like this of poor defense, you know, there's uh, a ton of uh, well, Nurse could be better, but he's been one of the most consistent guys in the back end. Um, and that's good to see because he's the guy that, you know, him and Ekholm, obviously Ekholm's the guy that actually, um, I think needs to step it up just a touch, uh, and not nurse, which just seems so foreign to us, uh, you know, the last couple of years. Uh, but nurses game this year to me has been, you know, if you had a most improved player, not that he, you know, he's, he's been a good defenseman. Like I, I think he doesn't deserve half of the, uh, half of the stuff that is thrown against him. But I, I just think he's been that much better this year. I, like I love his game. And uh, even in this little stretch, he's still been one of the most solid defensemen, which just goes to show you that when he's not being overutilized, he is uh, he's an all-star defenseman year over year. He's really, I agree with you. I think, I think Ekholm is one of those guys that need to step up here, especially over this last what six games or so like that? Uh, him and Dayarnay have had their moments of, uh, you know, ouch kind of thing. Uh, but then they also you know, have their moments of, yeah, that's that's what we're looking for. But just not as many as those as the ouch ones in this last little stretch. Uh, let, let's shift now to talking about uh, what's coming up this weekend. I'll put up the little graphic. So um, this weekend is the heavy hockey showdown. And on Saturday, um, we're doing a silent auction raffles. Um, pregame watch party for the Battle of Alberta, Oilers and Flames. Um, and then on uh, next Sunday, or I guess it's this Sunday now, I got to start talking correctly, um, is is the actual game. Robert Clark is going to be singing the national anthem and Hunter the Lynx will be there. Um, still time to donate to your favorite player. And if you log on to heavyhockey.com, um, that will help, and we'll let Mr. Hebert uh, talk about it a little bit, and then Lotsy can talk about it, and um, Bobby and Kirk were, were um, well, I guess um, everyone except for Kirk is playing, and then Kirk is going to do us the honor of of busting tracks on on the spit spitting tracks for us, and 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 all that. So, yeah, I'll. Um... Yeah, I'll talk about it uh, for sure. Um, pretty exciting. I mean, we're we're not that far away. I mean, it's uh, Monday now. I mean, um, Friday or Saturday, I'll be here before we know it for the pre-party, and then Sunday, 
Uh, this is going to be our longest ever heavy hockey showdown. We've got uh, three hours of ice time booked. Uh, so, you know, um, there'll be some tired folks at the end of it all. There will be a, a break and a nice clearing uh, midway through, which which will be a nice, uh, I'm sure, a welcome break for for the guys. Um, you know, it's it's exciting. It's exciting what we've been able to accomplish uh, the guys here, uh, the team, uh, the heavy hockey showdown team, uh, everybody. Um, I really think this year we're going to raise just on the heavy hockey game itself over thirty thousand uh, dollars. And um, last year, combined between uh, Oilers Girls Night and Heavy Hockey Showdown, we re- we did twenty five thousand combined. Um, so, uh, just uh, all from one event. Uh, that's fantastic. It'll make uh, make an unbelievable difference in uh, somebody's life. Let's just put it that way. That um, you know, on that graphic that uh, Mike had up, um, you know, ninety seven dollars is the cost of one hour of counseling for somebody who's experienced sexual violence. Uh, and um, you know, I keep I, like I just keep thinking about that and thinking about you know what that means and um, and. Uh, uh, it's just overwhelming to know the difference that we can make. Um, it, there's obviously there's a lot of different charities out there uh, to support. Um, sometimes it's hard to kind of get a really good feeling for where your money goes when you support different charities. When it comes to this, you know, like you know where it's going to go. You know that it's going to help somebody who's in need, somebody that's been affected by sexual violence. And um, I just, I like, you know, I, I like to know that. And, I, and, and out of all the things, I mean, every, uh, all of the violent crime that's out there uh, in Canada, uh, year over year, violent crime actually con- continues to decrease in Canada, except for sexual violence. Is not decreased, so this problem is not going away. Organizations like SACE and sexual assault centers from coast to coast need your help, and they're all underfunded because I like it is such a thing to deal with. Um, and they just, I, I just don't like when governments do budgets, they cut these types of organizations first. Which is complete bullshit. I mean, it, it's essential. It's essential healthcare, and honestly, for some people, it it can be the difference between life and death. It, it is, and and you know, you look at and you look at everything else that there is in this world, and this is a life or death thing. The shame that comes with uh, the shame that comes with it, and uh, and just knowing that there's an organization out there to help with it. So anyway. All that, I get off my soapbox. Um, it's meaningful. It means a lot to me. Uh, it means a lot to every every one of the people here. We know that the hockey culture world uh, could use some good publicity, right? Uh, 100%. Uh, we know that, um, you know, there's a, a great group of folks that are going to be out there and go play some hockey. We're going to just have a good time. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can, what better way to give back than, you know, like when you can have a good time doing it, right? Like, you know, it's just like, it should be a no brainer and, uh, you know, it's a support. I think Lotsy's still third in, um, 
in uh, donations raised. Uh, so he's doing a good job. Um, you know, like if you can support, you know, your favorite hockey player, go onto the heavyhockey.com website under the heavy hockey showdown on the menu bar. You can link to the roster and everybody that's set up a, a uh, donation site, their link is through their name and you can go that way to, uh, to donate and just know that you're making a difference. And last year, uh, I think um, the money that we raised uh, helped lower the wait times from 12 months to six months. That's, you know, that's huge. I don't, you know, you can't say for sure, but I, I bet you that saved a life. That's all I'm going to say. That's that and it's Saturday. <laughs> Saturday is the pre-party. Starts at 4 p.m. at Soho. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. There's a Hyman sign stick. We always got a sign stick that we get from the Oilers. This one's uh, Hyman, who's a half-decent goal scorer. I don't know if there'd be any notches on the uh, stick from uh, pucks he's deflected in the net or not, but um, uh, that, there's that. There's some dry sidle sign memorabilia. There's a couple NFL tickets. There's uh, sets of hockey tickets. There's all sorts of uh, hockey-related uh, silent auction items. And then on um, on Sunday, of course, uh, at 11 a.m., come out and watch the game. It's going to be fast. <laughs> yeah, for, for the first five minutes. And then the rest of the time, you can have fun with the people in the stands. There'll be lots of stuff happening in the stands. You might not even know there's a game going on. Uh, Hunter will be there. There'll be raffles and all sorts of other fun things. Um, but uh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be good. Thoughts on it, Lotzi? Yeah, I'll kind of piggyback on what Michael was saying there. And if you if you follow me on Twitter, follow me on Instagram, like you'll you'll know that I've been doing a lot of training for this event. Like I, I know it's going to be fast hockey. I want to survive those five minutes that are, that it's going to be fast for. Um, but it, like, it's not just about that for me. This is just one step along my journey towards self-improvement after a difficult year last year. And I mean, I've been, I started my, my training for this event on new year's Eve or even a little before that, but we're going set it's seven weeks. We're going on eight weeks and yeah, it's been a mental grind trying to do something to train every possible day aside from my Cali trip last weekend. But I know that the mental grind that I've gone through is absolutely nothing compared to what a, a victim of sexual assault has to go through. And they, they relive a trauma every single day of their lives for many years, if not the rest of their lives. And yeah, the, as Michael said, $97 donated to state equals one counseling appointment, which is fantastic to know that we've raised so much and made such a difference. But it takes years of counseling to even make a dent for in, in a lot of cases. So as, as much as what we've done is huge and it's amazing, it, your continued support towards the Sexual Assault Center of Edmonton is also <laughs> hugely important in the lives of the people that need their services. So 
I mean, I I got another donation today. I hope I've leapfrogged into second place now. I ain't catching Michelle. She's <laughs> she's too far ahead. But I'm hope I'm hoping to get into second place here. And uh, we got another week until the showdown. Not even. And our I know my donation page is going to be open for another week after the event. So I'm I'm going to keep pushing for donations here. If you follow my Twitter at Lots Ryan, my latest post today has my video that goes into more details about what I just talked about here, and you got my link to my donation page on the bottom. But uh, yeah, I, I hope to see a lot of people there on Sunday. <laughs> Watch us old hacks try to <laughs> get around the ice a little bit, and if you can make it out on Saturday to Soho for the pre-party and silent auction, then it'd be awesome to meet you guys there too. The four of us will be on the same team this year, so that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, and the Absolutely. jerseys look hot; like they look awesome. So, uh, yeah. Spangler Cup yeah. style, anyway. Kirk, you better have uh, "We Are the Champions" in the uh, in the mix there, because we're going to be racing around the rink with the cup in hand. Uh, I did uh, design the jerseys, and I used the Spangler Cup uh, team as the um, as my inspiration for that. Of course, the Oilers colors, Spangler Cup. Uh, yeah, yeah, they look very. That's that's the inspiration. So I'm glad that it's been noticed. And we're we're pretty close in terms of skill level. So. <laughs> <laughs> any, any thoughts, Bobby? Are you excited? Uh, uh, those gentlemen said it all, except for the. I do know somebody uh, personally that has had to use uh, the system through Sace. Uh, I I did not know that. The, from last year even that that just i only learned this here probably the last couple months and uh, when i was talking to her about this and then and then she she shared and she was okay with me sharing that i know somebody as long as i uh, you know just for anonymity she doesn't want her name used so um so yeah so this this all of a sudden became a lot more personal to me uh even though i thought uh oh there's so what was the lady's name again they gave the speech uh last year and then and it's coming on our show in april Okay, so we're gonna have we're gonna have Lynn, Jen, Krista, and Mary Jane is gonna Mary come Jane. on. Yeah, yeah, Mary Jane and her speech last year and thanking us and how touched she was, uh, you know, really, really hit home, right? So, um, and now that I know somebody used it, it's, yeah, that's that's really really tugged at me for uh, for how important this is. Um, I, I disagree with you guys in in regards to you know find the links and donate to your favorite hockey player. No, no, stop donating to your favorite hockey player. Donate to me by now. I'm running so far behind on this thing. All your favorite hockey players are well taken care of. You know, come, come, to, the come to the bottom feeders now who really need the help. As long as you acknowledge you're not the favorite, we're good. With that. <laughs> the, the numbers are obvious. I know where I rank. So. Uh, but one thing, the other thing I learned now too is that the, yeah, the four of us are all on the same team, so that makes me realize I really got to work on my back muscles since I'm going to be carrying you guys this year. So, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> and uh, Kirk, just make sure you have that uh, under pressure song uh, ready that we do for the Connor McDavid commercial. For, that's going to be my goal song, which you'll probably have to play about four or five times that night. <laughs> Fair enough, bud. Fair the enough. Gold song. We definitely should have gold song. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> oh, um, are you we, prepared, Kirk, for a gold song? <laughs> uh, hey, bring it on. You know, as a DJ, you have to take requests, right? right. So I'm, I'm the, the the request line is now open. <laughs> that that might actually be pretty fun. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, before we get out of here, maybe we'll just go uh, Kirk, Bob, Michael, Lotzi, and then me on uh, predictions for this week. I, uh, you know what? I'll just be happy if, if they pull away with wins, let alone predictions on scores. Like uh, Boston's going to be a tough one. Um, Minnesota wild They're uh, They're always finicky. They're always, they're always pesky, especially Joel Eriksson. You know, I, I just, I, I, he's like another Corey Perry, but more, more Selkie type, uh, I would say, you know, um, and then, of course, the Battle of Alberta, um, you know, it's always a good time. It would be my first live viewing of the Battle of Alberta. So, um, yeah, I just hope for three Ws. I don't care how they do it. If it's like a 10-7 score like it was there in that <laughs> Vancouver, Minnesota game there today, I don't care. Just just get a W. That's and Three Ws would be awesome. But uh, don't worry about your prediction. I have, as the new self-proclaimed oracle of Heavy Hockey Network, it's going to be a sweep. Uh, we're sweeping all these three games this week. Uh, I'll go so far saying that uh, the Boston one will go into overtime, but the Minnesota one will score probably six goals. You're forgetting one game. <laughs> well, Calgary's going to be Pickards, and I'm not giving you a score. I'm just saying I gave you a, the, the prediction of sweep. Like, you guys are asking – next thing, if I get all these right again, you'll be asking for lottery numbers, and that's too much pressure. <laughs> you got to have any lottery numbers? Or no? <laughs> no. No. Lots of you want to go, or you want me to go? All right. Uh, I, I think two and one. Um, but if I had to guess – uh, I'd say they lose to Mini um, and uh, beat Boston. Overtime, I, I figure that game definitely will go to overtime. And I just can't see them, uh, you know, the team loves to play Calgary. So I think they'll they'll win. And plus, it's hockey night in Canada. So, you know, that um, whether people realize it or not, it means something to the players. So they'll come out and and play then. And um, Minnesota, though they've um, you know they've got uh, something to play for right now. They you know they had a great game tonight. I think um, I, I just don't think the Oilers are going to sweep. Not with not unless if they uh, go back to form. So uh, they to me they haven't quite found that form again. And until they do, uh, they need to stay out of the box though because penalty kills awful. That's me. They can't go four and zero, Lotzi. By the way. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're. No. I I was pretty much going to do the same prediction as you there, Michael. Um, I I think we found a way to play our best games against the highest quality opponents recently. Like that Vegas game after the All Star break. That was a really well played hockey game by both sides. In the Dallas game, same thing. I think that was a really well-played game by both sides. A couple breakdowns in the Dallas game, but well, I still found a way to beat them. So I, I think we can beat Boston. Um, I was going to say overtime, but just to be different, I'll say regulation for that one. I don't know what it is about Minnesota and the Oilers. We just struggle against them. And we're like you say, we're not in our A game right now. You know, they just let up the Canucks for ten, so we know they can. We know they're feeling it, and they're they can score. 
So I think that's the game we lose in Calgary. Well, they're Calgary. Battle of Alberta at home on the showdown weekend. Oilers are winning that one. The, the guys care about showdown weekend. Let's just be clear about that. <laughs> oh, yeah. 100% they do. Yeah, right? like They've that. heard of all of us, and they, they watch our shows religiously. Connor, Connor <laughs> called me and said, I'm going to win one for you guys. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, heard, I heard they were going to sit, like, in the top row to overwatch to see if we're playing. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. No, they'll be there. I mean, they'll be in long coats with, like, fake mustaches so people don't get all crazy and stuff, but. It was like in the glass behind the stands, <laughs> kind of looking cool. over. Yeah, yeah. With, At some with, point, they'll practice on that ice with Bobby Stoffer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to say we're going to run the table, and uh, yeah, I think the Bruins. I, I'm going to say six three us. Um, you know, they're that Eastern team that uh, an eight o'clock puck drop start is is uh, is bedtime for them usually on most nights. So I think we can catch them. Napping literally, um, and Minnesota. Uh, I'm going to say six four, and uh, four to two against the Flames. We run the table. So I called scores. If I get any of them right, and then you uh, and you got calling it right, Bob, I, I win. So that's. <laughs> um, I want to thank Michael and Ryan for uh, joining us tonight. It was a pleasure, and an hour and 20 minutes went by like uh, five minutes, but we've got more time to talk in person uh, coming up this weekend. Um, we'll release this to uh, Spotify probably tonight because I still got some time before I got to go to night night, and it's already Monday for Michael, so it's almost time for him to board a plane to come here. Uh, or Sorry, it's Tuesday for there for him. Um, so he's 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 in the future. He's going to be in the DeLorean and and in Edmonton before we know it. He if if you're if you play in a beer league team in Edmonton, he's looking to get into some action, uh, another final tune up before we got to play the game. I might play a beer league game with my son tomorrow. I've been on the ice a little bit uh, the last few days, uh, blasting some pucks and playing with some kids and feeling feeling the black biscuit a little bit. So uh, shaking some of the rust off, but. Uh, I guarantee I'll get at least a point on the weekend. <laughs> um, Three hours, you better get at least a point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in a glorified shinny game. Um, thanks, everybody, for watching. And uh, keep your sticks on the ice. Keep reaching for the stars. We'll see you Monday. Maybe we'll do a show together in the city as part of the showdown, too. Not sure, but catch Oilers live on Wednesday, I believe. Are you doing a pregame or postgame or... Pre pregame, pre pregame. <laughs> yeah, we'll be F on before five o'clock before Gazzola gets on for the uh, uh, pregame. So uh, yeah, five o'clock Mountain. And uh, you can check out articles by Lotzi on heavyhockey.com. Um, don't forget to like and subscribe, and we'll check you next time. What Thanks about Bob the goalies? Oh uh, yeah, he's got an article that just. Right. Uh, yeah, is Skinner that. up there yet, Bob? Like, what the heck? <laughs> this was this was the team power rankings one. The, the, oh, the goalie okay. it wasn't goalie the, rankings. Okay, goalie rankings are every month, and the team ones are after every team plays at least uh, a ten game segment. So, it's blasphemy! You don't have Skinner up there during that the winning streak. <laughs> blasphemy! When does Pickard? When does Pickard crack, crack that? You know, like, yeah. Oh man, we're starting a whole new episode already. <laughs> he, he won six in a row. We got to give that guy some love. Good night, everybody.